Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roar Lions Radio. This is your host, Nick Polak. I'll be joined once again tonight by my lovely co-host from just a few days ago, Matthew Filipovitz. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. Well done. Take Take that, Bill. Matthew Filipovitz. Matt, how are you tonight? I am lovely. It is about 78 degrees here in Central Florida uh, on the first full week of November, and I am thrilled about it. Excellent. That sounds. You know, I I don't have much compl- nah, I don't have much to complain about weatherwise here. Now that I've moved out to Seattle, it doesn't really doesn't really get too cold. Doesn't get too hot. It's pretty. I mean, I wore shorts to work today. It's not nice. It's not anything too bad. So I, I think we're both in a pretty good boat weatherwise. We will not be rowing the boat though. Ayo. Oh, what a segue. Look at Penn that. State. I'm Penn State this weekend. Graduate of Penn State's podcasting class. Mark it down. <laughs> yes, and he's not kidding. He actually did do that, for those of you that don't believe him. Um, yes, this week, Penn State 8-0. Number four, Penn State, will be taking on number 17, also 8-0, Minnesota. <clears throat> the game will start at noon Eastern time. It'll be 11 a.m. local kick over in Minneapolis, and the game will be broadcast on ABC. Um, let's see, according to the Minnesota website, tickets are still available from $65 to $335. Yes, I think I just saw the athletic page tweeted out a graphic uh, to that effect, which if P.J. Fleck described this as the biggest game in Minnesota history and you're still selling tickets two and a half days before. Yeah, it's it's not a great not a great look. They're definitely having trouble selling tickets for this one, probably because of the price. But, you know, the, I, the, I think it's also the 11 a.m. kick a tough, a tough sell. 11 a.m. kick, yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's also, you know, it's it's Minneapolis. It's not like State College where Penn State's the only thing to do or care about. Um, you're in Minnesota, so you have the Vikings. You have the Timberwolves just started up. You have the Minnesota Wild. Um, the MLS, they're out of the MLS season. Or actually, Minnesota, yeah, they have an MLS team, don't they? Um, and the Major League Baseball team, the Twins, they're out too. So, well, everyone's out for baseball. But, <clears throat> you know, it's there. there's a lot, a lot of other things that go on in Minneapolis other than Minnesota Golden Gophers football. And I can't imagine that college football is too high on the list of what people like to do at this time of year. Yeah, I think uh, I think college hockey is bigger there. But still, big game. Yeah, that's be, true. And should be a good hockey. crowd. Yeah, hopefully it will be. And I, I expect there will be a good number of Penn State fans there too, people in that area. I know uh, I know our uh, uh, bad Matt, like we like to call him, he'll be there as well as our graphics guy, Sean. So uh, I think there'll be a pretty good, pretty good Penn State presence there. But uh, like we said, it's gonna it's gonna be a big matchup. Two undefeated teams going head to head. I think most people expect Penn State to win this game. We're gonna get into that a little bit in a second here about what they'll actually have to do in order to make that happen. Um, I think it's going to be far. I think it's far from a certainty that Penn State wins this game um, because Minnesota, for you know, for the flack they have taken for, and it's not their fault that they've played a weak schedule. It's most of the most of the weakness of their schedule actually comes down to the Big Ten opponents they've played. They've played Purdue, Illinois, Nebraska, Rutgers, and Maryland. It's they they have played save for Northwestern. They have played the worst that the conference has to offer. So and they're going it, to play Northwestern yet too. And they're going to play Northwestern in a couple weeks. So they're they're really going to hit the was that one two three four five the the hexfecta of terrible Big Ten teams. Um, but if we look back at what Minnesota's done this year. Like we said, they're 8-0, obviously uh, all undefeated in the conference as well. They started the year with 
three really close games. They only beat South Dakota State by seven. Uh, Fresno State took them to double overtime, where Minnesota won by a field goal. They just squeaked by Georgia Southern by three points. Purdue, they played a close game with. They only won by seven. And then from there on out, they've been they've been pretty dominant. They beat Illinois. Our, our dear Illinois fighting Illini. They beat Illinois 40-17. to Nebraska, they beat them 34-7. to They beat Rutgers 42-7. to They beat Maryland 52-10. to Again, nothing outstanding that they're facing in those games, but after those early season struggles where they did still come out with wins, they really have been rolling through people. Yeah, and those are a lot of points uh, that they're scoring and not a lot of points that they're allowing. So that is a... Fun mixture to be and a great way to build up hype before you go into a really, really tough November. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, Minnesota's sitting at number 10 in S&P+. They have the 8th ranked offense in the country, the 22nd ranked defense, and the 91st ranked special teams. That's a bit of a bugaboo for them. Uh, but it's, you know, it's they've done a lot of good They've done a lot of good things. They've done everything they're supposed to do. I actually have an article open on my browser right now that I have titled, Who Are the Golden Gophers? And I've I've been trying to figure it out. It's just, I, I think the best way to talk about them is just to say that they've passed every test that's put, been put in front of them. And, it, you know, you can't you can't fault them for that. They've, they've been doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, they've done what good teams do, and that's beat who they're supposed to be. And it's not like they're squeaking by teams. They're outside of those first three, but I, I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass because everybody takes some time to settle in. And South Dakota State's a good FCS team. They went to Fresno State, which is really bizarre to me. And then uh, Georgia Southern, we just saw beat App State, um, who yeah. was undefeated going into it. So I'll cut them some slack. Yeah, it's they've they've passed all their tests. They've been led um, on offense by Tanner Morgan, the redshirt sophomore, I believe he is, uh, completed 65.3% of his passes this year, seven, little over 1,700 yards, 18 to 4 touchdown interception ratio. Rodney Smith's been leading the way on the ground, already has 889 yards this year, 5.8 per carry with seven touchdowns. Really, the story for Minnesota is the running game. The running game has been excellent, and they've been uh, supplemented by the passing game when necessary. Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman are two really, really good wide receivers that they have. Both are over 600 yards for the year, both have more than six scores, both are averaging more than 14 yards a catch. So they. They are not lacking in playmakers, and no, I think not that. Sorry, go ahead. No, not at all. And uh, and both those receivers, I think, realistically, could be first team and second team uh, Big Ten award yeah. winners at the end of the year. So for Minnesota to have that, that's a that's a huge complementary weapon arsenal, I guess, to go along with a really good running game. Yeah, absolutely, and. On the other side of the ball, on defense, they, they've got some playmakers over there. Antoine Winfield Jr. has five interceptions. I, I have to assume that leads the Big Ten it at does. this point. Yeah, it, they, he's been playing really well. Um, the defense as a whole, they've been, they've been getting sacks. They have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six different guys who have at least two sacks this year. So they, they, have, been, they have been getting the job done on both sides of the football, and I think we're all really interested – even those not directly affected by this Penn State Minnesota game, being fans of the team or teams around them in the rankings, I think everyone is really interested to see what Minnesota actually looks like against a bona fide good football team. Yeah, that's kind of been the national conversation around this game. Is Penn State uh, obviously James Franklin has that issue that still is there of him struggling on the road against ranked teams, and this is Minnesota's first actual test, and it's time for them to prove they 
are deserving of a higher ranking because they are the lowest rated uh, undefeated team right now. And that's because of their atrocious strength of schedule. And they're probably the lowest rated by a, a healthy margin, right? What's ba- Baylor is 11 tw- or 12, 11. Something yeah. Like that. Yes. So that, that's a pretty, pretty sizable gap. There's I two think lost it, teams in between them, in between Baylor and Minnesota. So that says a lot. Yeah. It's, and, and you know what, it's, it's hard, to, it's hard to say at this point, whether it's fair or not. I think we're going to find out about, we're going to find out a lot about both of these teams, both Penn state and Minnesota this weekend. Uh, so let's get into a little bit here. Uh, Matt, really the thing that Penn state has, the offense has been the offense has been pretty good, but the thing that Penn State has been has been done ugh, has done so well to be successful to this point is just play absolute lockdown defense. What do you see when you look at this matchup between Penn State's defense and Minnesota's offense? I think it's a really favorable matchup for Penn State because Minnesota's going to want to run the ball. I have the uh, overall NCAA numbers right up right up here in front of me. They are thirty first in the nation with uh, just over two hundred and four yards a game. Uh, on the ground and Penn State's run defense is second in the country with I believe it's like 57 or 47 something ridiculous that they're holding people to um, so if they're able to shut down that run game and force Tanner Morgan to beat them through the air um, similar to what they did against Michigan State we all saw how basically they just bled them to death uh, I think we could see something really similar here conditions will be better so I think they'll be able to throw the ball a little bit better than uh, Lewerke and Rocky Lombardi and whoever the third guy is that Mark D'Antonio put in for some reason. Um, but I think it's a really favorable matchup because Penn State's going to be able to make them one-dimensional. And um, uh, on that note, uh, Minnesota's uh, pass blocking has been terrific. They have a huge offensive line. They are all massive dudes led by, like, a seven foot nine, 900-pound guy from, like, Australia. Is that right? He's, like, 6'9", 400 pounds. He's huge. Um, yeah. But he's, he's never seen a pass rush like this that has guys in the two deep and three deep that can get after it on similar levels to the guys in the first team. So overall, I think it's a really favorable matchup for Penn state. And I think they're really going to be able to shut down uh, a Minnesota offense. That's just been firing in all cylinders for the past what month and a half. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I do agree that I think it comes down to stopping the run game. Uh, this Minnesota team clearly go lives in, well, to this point only lives by the run game. They haven't died by the run game yet, but I think the difference in this one is that I know you mentioned the bad weather, but in both the Michigan state and Iowa games where when Penn state was able to li- limit the run game, that was basically it. Tanner Morgan. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he completes more passes than those guys were able to against Penn state, but I don't think he necessarily has as many big plays in him. I think his receivers are capable of turning smaller plays into big plays, but I think Penn state should be, fairly well positioned to be able to focus on stopping the run and just keep the passing game in front of them don't get beat over the top like they've been doing all year they they have done a really great job of that i i think i i agree with you i think this does i think this is a good matchup for penn state i think when we start getting into that penn state ohio state territory and we're talking about a team that really dominates by throwing the ball then penn state's defense may get exposed a little bit but uh, for now i think when you're going up against a defense like Penn State that can stuff the run the way they can, there's not going to be a whole lot of room for an opposing offense to operate. Yeah, and I think this is going to be a really good um, gauge to see how healthy John Reed and Tariq Castro-Fields are. Uh, we got we got confirmation from James Franklin that Reed is going to play. Uh, TCF was never really in doubt to play, but he has looked um, pretty banged up for the couple weeks, so hopefully this week off allowed him to get healthy. And if they're both able to go, they should 
be able to keep things in front of them and really uh, give that Golden Gopher offense some headaches. Yeah, seeing John Reed back on the field would be really nice because if if they have a hope of beating Ohio State, they definitely need him on the field. It would also be great. I know we haven't heard anything about him since the injury. It would be great to at least see Donovan Johnson maybe not in a sling on the sideline. Yeah, I, I he guess... was not on the depth chart this week, so take yeah. that into account. So I'm curious to see if they're going to give him some go. If he is indeed healthy at, um, next week in the Indiana game, uh, we'll get into more of that next week. Uh, but just so they're not throwing him out there in Columbus uh, with six weeks without having seen the field. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that he's been hurt as much as he has been because when he's played over the last two years, he's been really, really good, and he is a absolute perfect guy to join the secondary because he can play in the slot or he can play outside, so he and John Reed are interchangeable in that way, and I, I think they really have missed him. I think Marquise Wilson has played well. I, I thought uh, Joey Porter Jr. played uh, well enough in the time that he got over there, but Donovan Johnson has the chance to be a difference maker out there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm excited to see a lot of Keaton Ellis and Marquise Wilson uh, this week. Um, I think Keaton Ellis is fantastic. I think he just needs a couple more games to really settle in. Uh, I think this could be a great opportunity for him to get a lot of snaps against some really good receivers. And uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the quotes uh, throughout the week or throughout the whole season that Franklin thinks Marquise Wilson is the most confident guy in the secondary. So I'm excited to see him go out there now that the uh, that limit is officially burned and they can kind of play him as they see fit instead of having to worry about limiting him. So that should be fun. I'm excited to watch how, how those two true freshmen go out there and play. Cause they're going to get a lot of run. Yes. I would love to see them get a ton of playing time over the next few weeks, because I do not want to see them out there all that often against Ohio state. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily a recipe for success there. Um, flipping over to the other side of the ball, Penn state's offense. So the Penn state's offense has been really, really good at, at several points this season and they've also had these lulls and we've talked about the lulls at length they had a long one against Michigan they had a long one against Iowa they had a long one against uh, Purdue they had a bit of one against Michigan State we could talk all day about what the cause is for them whether it's more on Ricky Ronnie or more on Sean Clifford or whatever it is but how do you see this Penn State offense that has been flashy and high powered at times but also has the tendency to fall asleep for a while how do you see them matching up against what to this point has been a very stout minnesota defense i think they'll hold their own really well one thing i'm really excited to see is after the first by week after the pick game and before the maryland game uh in that maryland game we saw screen passes screen passes like crazy um so maybe it was just them getting comfortable and in the routine of being able to do it more consistently in practice, not worrying about game prep, and they can just work on the plays. So I'm really excited to see if Ricky Ronnie has anything new up his sleeve that we haven't seen yet that he feels is ready to see the light now that they've had a couple extra uh, weeks to work on it. Um, I think it's a favorable matchup because Penn State has the better athletes. I think Pat Fryermuth is going to be able to get open a bunch. I think Cajun Hammer is going to command a lot of attention. And I'm really ex- – I, I say it every week. If you read my uh, my game prediction post every week, I pick Justin Shorter to have like three touchdowns the past like month straight. Uh, one I, day. One, one day, day. He's going to do it one day, and I think this could be the game that does it. He's a big receiver. Hammer's going to have a bunch of attention. They're, I, I just think this – Seems like the kind of game where a big receiver can make a big impact. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I I just thought of this while you were talking. I'm curious. If we go through all the position groups, if we let's say we group them as quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, offensive line, 
defensive ends, defensive tackle, linebacker, safeties, cornerbacks. Puncher. I, I, puncher, punters and kickers. Um, I assume that the only answer to this question is probably the offensive line, but are there any of those position groups that you would trade what Penn State has for what Minnesota has? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, no. Um, I agree. Anderson's a good back. Um, I don't think he's any better than any of the four backs Penn State has, but it's tough to tell because nobody's got a really extended run. But that's a great point. I don't think there's anybody. I, I, assume, I assume you mean Rodney Smith. Oh, excuse me. Rodney Anderson yeah. played at Oklahoma a couple years ago. Um, yes. Close enough. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I would change anything out. That's a really great point. I think top to bottom, this Penn State roster is just flat out better. And that doesn't always lead to wins. Uh, especially against, a, I think, a coach in P.J. Fleck, who a big thing for me is a coach who can do more with less. Uh, I think that can be dangerous if you get too cocky, but I think Franklin's going to have that whole 1-0 and mentality drilled into their brains, especially with the Michigan State collapse that happened last year. I think uh, I think that was the moment where they all learned their lesson. Yeah, I think you hit on the main one that I was thinking about, being running backs. I, I, could, I could see making a pretty solid argument that Rodney Smith, Muhammad Ibrahim, and Shannon Brooks is better than what Penn State has at running back. Maybe not pure talent-wise, but at least production-wise, and I guess what you can get out of them right now. The other one I was thinking about was the secondary. Antoine Winfield, Chris Williamson, both really good players in that Minnesota secondary. So I could see I could see an argument being made for the secondary as well, but I I, I don't I'm think there's... I'm a huge there's... Lamont Wade and Garrett Taylor fan, and Jaquan Brisbane yeah. keeps on yeah. getting better every game, so... I don't think I would trade. Maybe I would trade somebody for Winfield, but I, I don't know who it would be. Yeah, yeah. it's. But I, I think for me, that's kind of what it comes down to is I, Penn State almost all the way across the board is just the better, more talented team. And like you said, that doesn't always mean a win. If, if it did, we wouldn't even play the games. We would just play them on paper. But it's it's difficult for me to make a prediction which we'll get to in a little bit here it's difficult for me to make a prediction that penn state's not going to win this game when i they clearly are the what what i think clearly the better team here yeah i i agree so speaking of penn state then getting back onto the nittany Lions side of things what in particular are you looking for out of penn state this weekend what's the biggest thing that you want to see these nittany Lions do uh, I'm going to focus more on a, a specific player. I want to see P.J. Mustafer have a breakout game. He's going to get the start over uh, with Antonio Shelton suspended. I want to see him be an absolute space-eating machine. Robert Windsor, I think, can get through. I think he can get to the quarterback. We know Shaka Tony can. We know Yitor Gross Matters can. We know Jason Owe can. We know Shane Simmons can. I think P.J. Mustafer can command a lot of attention. And for a team that's going to want to run, if he can be the guy who shuts down that run game and then forces them to pass and let those pass rushers do their thing, I think this could be a really, really big coming out party for P.J. Mustafer. So I want to see him have a breakout game. Um, I want to see the young corners uh, perform well. Um, what else do I really want to see? I want to see Micah Parsons continue this tear he's been on. He's been playing terrific uh, the past couple weeks. I want to see him. I want to see him get an interception. I really want to see him. Oh, he's been so close. He's been so close so many times. Uh, he had a couple drops, but I really want to see him go out there and make a play like that. So there's a lot of interesting storylines uh, that you wouldn't expect to have this late in the season. But I think the biggest one for me is I want to see P.J. Mustafer 
prove what he can do when he gets more. He, he's playing the majority of snaps right now compared to Antonio Shelton, but I want to see what he can do start to finish. Yeah, that's a good one. I think a lot of fans have been waiting for kind of that breakout moment or that breakout game from PJ Mustafer, and he's had some really spectacular plays this year. I know the uh, the forced fumble against was it ooh was it Iowa? I think comes to mind. Yep. Um, where he was just unblocked and just ripped through and tore the ball out. That was awesome. But you know, I I I do agree. I would love to see PJ Mustafer have a big game. I think the biggest thing I'm looking for is just I I want to see how the Penn State defense looks against this Minnesota offense because I think it's pretty easy to say that this is probably the best rushing team they will have played this year. Uh, I know Michigan has rushed the, rushed the ball well the week after they played Penn State, but overall they haven't been terribly consistent in that regard. I think Minnesota is the best rushing team they've played, and I think Tanner Morgan is probably he's not the most dangerous quarterback they've seen, but he's probably the most consistent they've seen. So I think it'll be an interesting test to see what Penn state can do against a, at at the very least, a solid Minnesota offense, because I think their performance in this game, maybe more than any other one to this point is what will actually give us an idea of what they might look like against Ohio State. Because Ohio State, also, they want to run the ball with J.K. Dobbins. They don't necessarily want to have to go through the air as much as they don't have to. They will with Justin Fields. They have no qualms with doing that. But if they can win the ball with Dobbins on the ground, they will. And Fields, he's he's had a lot of really nice, really nice throws this year. He's made a lot of big plays. But he has really, the receivers have done the majority of the work. I think against Penn State, you'll find him throwing a lot more underneath than we've seen him elsewhere. So I think this game is actually, in a way, could serve as a... It feels Tri- silly to a say... Trial a trial mi- Yeah, it feels silly to say a mini preview because in no way is Minnesota, like, Ohio State light. Like, in, in no way is that true. But I, I think some of the concepts, at least, that Penn State will face the Penn State defense will face will be similar to what they could see from the Buckeyes. So that's that's really what I'm looking for. I I do agree. I think PJ Mustafer is a good one though. I think this this will be his this will be his chance to really this will be his chance to steal the starting role if he can. I know Shelton is a kind of the emotional leader of the team and he has played well, but there's no denying that Mustafer is the more talented option. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. I think he's going to have a fantastic game. I, I I honestly I wouldn't be surprised if he had. For, for a big space eater, I mean, three tackles is pretty common. I think he yeah. could break five plus. I think he could have a really solid game. Sure, yeah. I think another thing would be great to see him be able to do is uh, one of the things that has made Penn State defensive tackles so good over the last however many years, they always seem to have that one guy who just sniffs out screens the second they happen. It'd be great to see. I would love to see P.J. Mustafer sprinting over to cover a screen and bust that play up before it happens. A PJ must for pick six. We haven't had a defense, oh. we haven't had a defensive tackle touchdown uh but since Austin Johnson because we had we had two two year because we had the Zettel pick six. The Zettel pick six. And yeah. then we had the Austin Johnson scoop and score. So we're we're yeah. we're due for a defensive lineman touchdown. If if you if you had to choose or if you could choose one, who would you pick to score? PJ must for Robert Windsor. Oh God. Robert Windsor's from Wisconsin. So like that general Midwestern area. Yeah. 
I think Robert Windsor is more likely to just punch the ball into the stands if he scores. So I'm going to go with Robert <laughs> Windsor. I agree. I think the the act of watching Mustafer score would be more entertaining, but seeing what Robert Windsor does after getting the end zone would be absolutely priceless. Yeah, that's yeah. Give me Windsor in that in that scenario. Uh, so we talked about the biggest things we want to see, and yeah, this this next question may have a similar answer. But uh, what do you think is the X factor? Can we'll we uh, can Penn... we loop around real quick? Uh, what's the yeah. biggest thing you want to see uh, on the offensive side of the ball? I know we okay, we, we yeah, mostly yeah, focused yeah. on defense, but I'm just curious. Um, for me, uh, my answer to this question every single week when I do this podcast with Bill is I want to see how Ricky Ronnie calls the game. I I will I will refrain from saying that once again. I guess for me, I would, I would really like to see, I would really like to see the running game get on track. This is this is a good Minnesota defense, and I think, I I don't think it's even a lack of opportunity for the Penn State uh, rushing attack. That I don't think that's the issue because if you pull up the stats, which I can do here right now as I'm talking, Penn State, all the, their running backs. So Sean Clifford is. Uh, Third on the team rushing, averaging 3.6 yards per carry. But Noah Keynes, 5.1 yards per carry. Journey Brown, 5.8. Devin Ford, 6.5. Ricky Slade's down a little bit at 3.4. But those are good rushing averages. And I think at this point, it's just it's more a lack of opportunity that the running game hasn't gotten on track more. So I wouldn't mind seeing... I don't necessarily need to see one guy bust out for over 100 yards, but I would enjoy seeing the run game kind of take over and dominate a game. Yeah, I think uh, three guys, and maybe even Clifford, if they all were to break 45, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I think that's terrific if they do that. And that would be pretty on brand for how, how the run game has been split up this year. Every Everyone gets a share. Everyone gets a piece. Uh, Noah Kane leads the team. Well, Sean Clifford leads the team in rushing attempts with 77. Noah Kane has 68. Brown has 51. Ford has 37. Slade has 35. So no one's really run away with the carries, so... It it I agree. It'd be it'd be nice to see a nice evened out effort, but everybody everybody gets a chance to do damage. That that would be it's I don't think it's necessary for Penn State to have success going forward, but it would just make them all the more dangerous. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh so moving on to X factors. On the Penn State side of things, the slightly different question than the biggest thing you want to see. Who do you think is the X factor for Penn State? Who is the one who or I guess you could say position group too. What what is it that you need 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 to see from Penn State? Who needs to execute in order for them to win this game? Um, I'll go with John Reed, uh, or, or to a large extent, the secondary as a whole, just because I think this run uh, run defense going to be is going to be able to stop the run pretty consistently. So they're going to have to go to the air a lot more. And we've seen this this Penn State pass defense get beat and fail to get off the field on those third and intermediates on short little passing routes. So I want to see them really tighten that up and get off the field when the opportunity presents itself. Um, So I'll go with John Reed just because I think he's going to be the guy who's going to want to step up and get this defense off the field. Um, But overall, I think the secondary and how well they're able to stop those intermediate to short passes and the screen passes and all that fun stuff that drives us all nuts when they, uh, when they can't stop it. I think that's going to be, the X factor and if Penn state gets out with a win. Yeah. I'm going to lean on the defensive side of the ball as well. I'm going to say it's not really a position group or a player. I'm just going to say the pass rush. Uh, I, I think this game, I'm, I'm really not all that worried about Penn state's ability to score on Minnesota. I think they'll be able to do that just fine. They've proven three times already this year that they can score on top 10 defenses, but 
I think if Penn State can get a pass rush, if they can get back to where they were at the beginning of the season, and that's not to say that they haven't been able to pressure the quarterback. The sack numbers haven't been there, but they have been pretty great at getting into the backfield regardless. But if they can harass Tanner Morgan, if they can get some tackle for losses in the run game, I think this game is going to this is going to turn into a really long afternoon for Minnesota really quickly. Um, and I think Penn State, I think they need, they're, they're going to need to be able to do that against Ohio State. So it would be great to see them get back into more of a rhythm as pass rushers, whether that's just the defensive line generating pressure or whether that is involving some blitzing. But I would love to see them get into the backfield a little more on Saturday. Yeah. And then uh, just to give an X factor on the offense, just for, because why not? Sure. Um, I'm going to go with Pat Fryermuth. I think he's coming off a career day. I think he's really playing his best football right now, and I think he's going to command a lot of attention, and I think he's going to be a really huge red zone threat. Uh, I think Pat Fryermuth is going to have a great day, and if he commands enough attention and if Hamler commands enough attention, that's going to free up a bunch of other guys. So give me Fryermuth as the uh, as the X factor on offense. I think he'll have six catches for 70-something yards, and he'll find the end zone again. Well, will he find the end zone, or will he be ruled out of the end zone? Oh, um, real quick. Uh, you, it does not have to do with what you just asked me, but I, I saw it on the, on the highlight thing. I was watching highlights uh, on, the, on the Big Ten Network YouTube channel where they do like the, uh, the game preview thing, and they were talking mm-hmm. about Pat Fryermuth's 15 touchdowns, and they showed the Iowa one where he got ruled down at the one <laughs> as a touchdown, and it really made me mad. So that isn't at all what you asked me, but I saw it, and it really made me mad today. So. I did notice that there is, I don't remember what the commercial was for. It was probably just a generic Big Ten commercial, but uh, that highlight was also in the, it. That was, was, even that was the, the playoff one last night. That was the playoff. Yes, night. that's what it was. Yeah, the playoff The playoff commercial had that. And I even had like the goal line camera view too. Yep. <laughs> I, I like to think that somebody, somebody who made that commercial somewhere is still angry about that. So they just keep putting it in things. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So for Minnesota then, if, if Minnesota is to win this game, what do you think the X factor is for them that allows them to do so? Uh, I think it's their passing game. Uh, if, it, if it's Penn State's X factor is its uh, passing defense, then Minnesota's X factor has to be their passing game. Uh, like I said, I think um, Stanley Morgan, is, is that right? Stanley Morgan, not Tanner Morgan? Uh, no, it's Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan. Who's Stan? Stanley Morgan played for Nebraska. Everybody has Correct. such similar names in the Big Ten. It all comes back to Nebraska. It all comes back to Nebraska. Like Scott Frost. hey Hey, uh, I think it's going to be if they're able to complete those short passes and if they're able to take the top off the defense, if John Reed isn't healthy, if TCF is still a little bit banged up and you're going to have two true freshmen in there playing a good amount of snaps. And then you're going to have DJ Brown uh, was on the depth chart for the first time this week, a guy who hasn't played a lot of football. Uh, if those great receivers are able to consistently get open and Penn State's pass rush isn't able to get home against what looks like a very solid Minnesota offensive line, uh, I think Minnesota, the Golden Gophers have a really good shot of pulling an upset here. Yeah, I agree. I, I also think it's the passing game for Minnesota. I think if if Tanner Morgan's able to get some things going through the air, I think that is going to be really problematic for Penn State. I, I have no worries about Penn State ever being able to take someone down who's just trying to run the ball. So I agree. I, I think that's, I think that's what it comes down to for Minnesota. Um, so Matt, let's get any predictions here uh, by SP plus. Let me pull up real here, pull it up here real quick. Um, according to Bill Connolly's SP plus numbers, uh, this game, Penn state's favored by seven. He has Penn state winning by two. Uh, he has the final score at 28, 26 Penn state. 
um, hitting the over 47.5. How about you go first, Matt? What do you think? What's your final prediction for this game? Okay, so Penn State has not allowed more than 15 points this year, more than 12 points this year, except for in the Michigan game when Michigan's offense was like the undertaker and just sat up out of nowhere and had a Herculean effort. So I think this defense is going to be able to shut them down. Uh, On the flip side, Minnesota's offense keeps on scoring, but they're doing it against bad teams. So I don't think they've ever had to work out a situation where what they're doing isn't working. So I have Penn State winning big. It's also the the optimist in me, but I have Penn State 38 to 17. I think it's a comfortable win for the Nittany Lions. I think they're going to look great doing it. I think they have that top four team um, swagger now to them. So I think it's going to be, I think Penn State wins comfortably. I agree. I have it at I have it at thirty four seventeen. I I think that they, you know, there's, I just I don't see how the formula that Minnesota has won by so far this year is going to work against this Penn State team because they while they have they've done like we talked about they've done what they need to do but this is the profile of a team that Penn State is built to stop at least at least what they do offensively compared to Penn State's defense this is what they're built to stop and. Like I said before, I'm I'm not worried about Penn State's ability to score on Minnesota. So I, I agree. I think the Nittany Lions walk out of Minneapolis with a fairly fairly comfortable victory. And their second uh, rivalry trophy of the year after the beautiful. And their Grant second trophy. rivalry trophy of the year. Absolutely. That's that's all that's all the college football season's really about. It's winning as many rivalry trophies as you absolutely can. Yeah, I agree. Could that's not agree what it, that's what it really comes down to. Um all right, so we agree. We almost agree on the score prediction, and we very much disagree with Bill Connolly's SP plus rankings. Yes, but that's okay. Real quick, what was uh, what was Minnesota in special teams? It was like a hundred and something, hundred first. Uh, was, I think it was ninety one. Ninety one. Uh, there's yeah. going to be a big special teams play. KJ Hamler is going to rip off a big return, and that's going to be a way Penn State puts up points, either with him finding the end zone or with him setting something up really nicely. He very much deserves a score after having two called back for penalties already. Oh my god! And and if you remember way back in March, we had our uh, our hypothetical over prop bets, our over unders, and I set it mm-hmm. at one and a half uh, return touchdowns. And I am really mad that they both got uh, taken back because I took the over on that. Yeah, I I think my, my whatever bet I made for that it was like Micah Parsons is gonna have like five pick sixes so I think I'm already <laughs> think I'm already out on that but my bold, that's okay my bold prediction was Jake Penninger scores a touchdown so I'm I'm still all in oh on that. that's right yeah I mean the really the only thing that matters from our preseason predictions is that there's only one person on staff who predicted Penn State to finish 11 and 1 and you're listening to his voice right now so I had 10 and 2 I had uh Minnesota as Penn State's first loss in my uh in those initial predictions so I'm mm. going a little bit off of uh, of what august matt said but i've been in florida a lot longer so maybe the heat has gone to my head all right well if penn state loses this weekend you know who to blame you can you can find him at at psu PSU matt 2005 2005. yep you can find him right there Uh, all right so penn state and minnesota are not the only game happening this week there are some other action going on in the big 10 um joining penn state and minnesota with a noon kickoff uh let's let's head over to columbus first where the Buckeyes are 43-and-a-half-point favorites over the visiting, <laughs> visiting Maryland Terrapins. And, you know, I, I'm not sure 43-and-a-half is enough. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be gross. That's going to be so sad. Poor Mike Loxley. <sighs> can, I, I, can, I cannot even begin to imagine what kind of, as a fan, the roller coaster of emotions Maryland fans have had this year. You go from 
beat looking like world beaters for two weeks to then just being terrible for the rest of the year. Like that has to hurt so much more. Uh, yeah, Ohio State's going to kill them by 50. It's it's going to be gross. Don't watch that game. Do you, do you think this year hurt them more as compared to previous years where they beat Texas and then went on to, you know, do that thing that Maryland does, no, lose games? I think then Maryland has something to hang its hat on. We're like, all right, well, at least we beat Texas this season. Like here you have well, – That's well, true. Well at, least we beat, <laughs> well, at least we beat Howard. Yeah, the Sy- the Syracuse law the Syracuse win may only be slightly better than the Howard win at this point. Yeah. Syracuse is awful. Yeah, they are not good. Oh man. Poor poor Terps. Um yeah, I think I think Ohio State rolls in this one. Tickets for this, you know, still still hovering around fifty five dollars. I know it's in Columbus. Yeah, but, number one team in the country you know, is gonna do that. You know. Um also at noon, Purdue vis <laughs> Oh my god! This is the one you should watch between between the Maryland Ohio State game and the Purdue Northwestern game. You should watch the Purdue Northwestern game. You're you're not going to have any more fun, but you are going to laugh about equally, and it's still going to be great. So have you have you looked at this game at all? Oh no, (laughs) I have no intention to look at this game at all. Do you want to take a guess as to what the what the line is for this game? Uh, Is it two and a half? I have it up uh, on my phone. Yeah, Northwestern favored by two and a half. Good, honestly, if you had told me, if you listened to the podcast earlier in the week, you know I think Northwestern is the worst team in college football. So good for them for being favored. Good, good for them. Uh, Purdue's going to kill them by twenty. Uh, I mean, I want to agree with you, but Purdue's on their third quarterback. Yeah, but Northwestern, Northwestern's defense is about to play their eight thousand snap. I, I would like to think that. You know, I mean, uh, all right, I do think Purdue's going to win. I, I, I'm not worried about that. I. I think it could be a close game, but I think the difference is I have no confidence Northwestern to score more than nine points. I think three field goals is kind of where they tap out. Yeah, uh, I, they haven't scored a touchdown uh, since like October 5th, so oh. good luck with that. God. Ugh. Over under for this game is 39 and a half. <laughs> under. Jesus. All right, uh, moving on to... Uh, see, I have to adjust in my mind for... East Coast times. 12.30 my time. 3.30 on the East Coast. Illinois traveling to Michigan State. That's the 5-4 and four Illinois fighting Illini traveling to the 4-4 four and four Michigan State Spartans. Michigan State's favored by 14.5 points in this game. I think that's too much. That is way too much. They are coming off a bye, though, again, for some reason. They are. Where they pro- during the bye week, they probably rotated their coaching our offensive coaching staff around again. Everyone has new roles <laughs> again. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... 14 and a half is a lot. I, I know Michigan State has a good defense, but Illinois has, they've been playing better football. They they beat Wisconsin, obviously. They they took it to, who did they just beat this past weekend? We just talked about this yesterday. Uh, Hold on a second. Ba, 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 ba. They were off last weekend, Wisconsin was. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, uh, I'm thinking of someone else. Then, then the weekend prior, uh, they got shell, uh, shellacked by Ohio State. So, mm. Okay. Well, regardless, Illinois is playing a lot better. Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure if they win this game, but I think they definitely keep it within 14 and a half points. Yeah. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. And it's going to, God, these are three terrible games that we <laughs> let off with. One's going to be, one's going to be a bloodbath. The other one's going to be two people throwing rocks at each other, but they're both aiming the wrong way. And Illinois, Michigan state's just going to be, two confused coaches who are confused for very different reasons. Oh man. 
the oh, god d'antonio just needs to retire honestly yeah i just yeah yeah he's done i think he's done i think he's gonna get that massive buyout he gets in in january and then i think luke fickle's the guy just put yourself out of your misery just go home sit on the couch he looks so sad in every single game he looks so tired he looks like the most tired to be fair he's he's looked sad and tired since like 1994 that's true who's who's to really say how he's feeling that's true uh, the last Big Ten game this week at 4 o'clock, we have number 18, Iowa, traveling to number 13, Wisconsin. Actually, a, a, a good game, a big game. Yeah. Wisconsin favored by favored by 9.5 points, and the over-under is still the – oh, my God. The over-under for this game is lower than Purdue Northwestern. 38.5 is the over-under for this game. Interesting. Two good defenses. So, this this one actually has a lot of implica- implications for Penn State uh, in terms of strength schedule because yeah. Wisconsin's a win that Ohio uh, Wisconsin's Ohio State's best win. That's something they hang their hat on. If Iowa mm-hmm. can go into Camp Randall and beat them, that's that's huge. And I, that that might that I mean, I think Ohio State's going to get knocked out in the number one spot to the winner of Bama LSU regardless. But that's that's pretty big in, in the grand scheme of things. When if it comes down to that one loss Penn State team uh, in the future. If Penn State were to win out and qualify for the Big Ten Championship, who would you rather see? Would you rather see Iowa or would you rather see Wisconsin? I hate I hate repeating opponents. I think it's I think it's so boring. Um, and also, I, I, I've seen Iowa, and I think Penn State would beat them comfortably on a neutral field. And uh, the only other time we got to see Wisconsin was last year, and Jonathan Taylor on a bad team. I'd like to see him on a pretty decent team. Uh, entertainment standpoint, Wisconsin, uh, Penn State going to the playoff standpoint, it's Iowa. Well, then, I mean, in that regard, then you kind of got to root for, you got to root for Wisconsin then. So you got You have to root for Penn State's, one of best Penn State's best wins to be devalued a little bit this week in order to gain the larger prize of the chance to beat Wisconsin later on. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 Interest, interesting trade-off there. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's it it's gonna be a really it's gonna be a really boring football game to watch. Um I I have zero idea who wins this game. I think nine and a half is way too big of a spread. This is like this there's no way this game ends with anything more than a three point margin of victory, but I I'm not I'm not sure who wins. Yeah, this should be uh this should actually be a, a fun one considering the brand of football they both play. This should be an interesting one. I'm actually this will be on my second T V with uh with LSU Bama on the main one. Yeah. Uh, to rewind real quick, because there's some pretty interesting ticket prices we need to talk about here. Oh my uh, t- god! Take a guess. Take a guess as to what you think you would have to pay to get into to get into Purdue Northwestern. A dollar. <laughs> Just slightly under two dollars. Oh, I was close. I, I, Can you imagine? I, I, that? I'd pay two dollars for that. Can you imagine walking up to like a ticket booth at a college football stadium, handing them two $1 bills and getting a ticket back. That's the price of a white claw at the first. And I'm really proud of myself <laughs> that I remember that. <laughs> like that's, and, and in that situation, that's a bad deal. You take the white claw over the ticket. <laughs> you t- absolutely. You do. Especially both, if it's the summer and it's a shortage. Come on. Bo- both have similar side effects though. Oh God. All right. And then the other one, Illinois at Michigan state. What's, what's your guess for that one? Um, I'm going to say, 10 10 to 15 somewhere in that range too high six really six dollars this is these are two potential bowl teams interesting if that i mean if that game this could could be the game that gets illinois ball eligible if if that game's in champagne that's 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 a 15 dollar that's a 15 dollar game if i've ever seen one 
Yeah, that's a good thought. I actually, I'm curious to see next week what the ticket. I'm assuming Illinois is going to be back at home this week since they're on the road this week. I am really curious to see what the prices are for tickets for Illinois home games right now because they they've they've got juice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I'm going to go off script here, but I think I saw. Go for I'm going it. to I'm going to play the ticket price game as well. I forget okay. if it was last week. I forget if it was the week before, but Coastal Carolina had a game, mm. and I have never seen this before. Their ticket prices for their game against whoever it was, I'm pulling it up right now, was $0. And I am dying to know how that – it was 0 So I don't know if that means you go up there and they're just giving them out for free if they're that bad. But it was I, – I, I almost texted you because it, it absolutely melted my mind. So what football game in the Big Ten, like what matchup right now, would you only go to if admission was free? Would I only go to if admission? I I think the obvious answer is Rutgers Northwestern, but I'm not. We talked about that last week, and I said I I said North a couple days ago. I said Northwestern to win by or Rutgers would win by four scores, and I would pay money to see that because I think that that's what I think the novelty of that would make me pay for it. That that's a that's a morbid curiosity type deal that I feel like I would have to see that play out. So I'm gonna say, like I don't I don't think you could. I don't think if if you told me I could go for free, I would not go to watch Nebraska play probably Northwestern. I would not go. You could not. You would have to pay me to go to Nebraska Northwestern. Okay. Yep. I think mine uh, that I would absolutely go to only if it was free would be Wisconsin Northwestern. <laughs> oh, God. Has that happened yet this year? Uh, oh, oh, right. It did. Northwestern almost won. What? Yeah, we talked. Northwestern about- almost won that game. <laughs> Bill went away, and we turned it into Northwestern podcast, and I love it. We have <laughs> oh, talked about I'm pull- Northwestern I'm pulling, so much. I'm pulling this game up now. Okay, score in place. Yeah, so first quarter. That's right. Wisconsin scored one offensive touchdown this game. It was the score ended twenty four fifteen. Taylor ran in a touchdown on the. Uh, looks like that's probably yeah. It's their first drive of the game, and then Northwestern kicked a field goal. Wisconsin recovered a recovered a strip sack in the end zone. They kicked a field goal. Then they had a pick six. <laughs> and then in the final nine minutes, Northwestern had a touchdown run and a touchdown pass and then couldn't get the ball back, and that's how the game ended. But, yeah, Northwestern only lost this game by nine points, and they were within striking distance at the end. I would, I would never pay to see that. That Yeah, that – oh god it's such now now actually i'm seeing the highlights on the side here and even the pick six that wisconsin had like there's wasn't four fun. different it wasn't a fun there's... pick six no it was it was a fun pick six but there there's four four uh northwestern uh players on offense that had a chance to tackle him on the sideline and they couldn't even get him out of bounds he's tightrope walking the sideline they couldn't get him out of bounds this is also the game northwestern wore those wore their throwback uniforms and the the pants that looked like, so think about you know the uh, the throwbacks that the Packers wear. Yeah, the those, uh, like navy blue. Yeah. So think about ones. think about the color like that, uh, like that burned gold color. It's it's like a like a soft brown almost. I guess you want to call it that. That was the color of their pants. Yikes! Yeah. They it was it was gross. They looked awful. Oh my god! All right, we need to we need, we need to get out to, of here. Yeah, so, we need to get out of so here. So we, we stop talking talk about, about Northwestern, Northwestern ever again. 
Oh, once again, Penn State this week taking on Minnesota. Number four, Penn State. That's right, number four playoff team right now. Number four, Penn State taking on number 17, Minnesota. Uh, Matt and I both picked wins of around 17 points. Matt said 38-17. I said 34-17. Game kicks off at noon Eastern time on ABC. Uh, If you're Central time, you can catch it at 11. If you're like me, you can see it at 9 a.m. That's super fun. I can eat breakfast while I watch Penn State football. If you are interested in supporting the site and supporting the podcast, which we would be eternally grateful if you could, uh, please head over to the website, RoarLinesRoar.com, check out the store, pick up a t-shirt, pick up a sweatshirt. They're all super comfortable, definitely worth your money. Um, If you do make your way over to the website, make sure you check out all the great content we have and take a dive into the forum if you get a chance. Go ahead and put up a post, uh, see what you want to talk about, Penn State football, see if you can get some conversation going. We'll be there to talk to you about it, so let's see what you can do with that. If you have the chance, if you like the podcast, please go ahead and give us that five-star rating. You know you want to. You know you want to give us that five-star rating. Um, Leave a comment if you want criticism praise we we prefer praise we we need that praise we're we're on the internet we we live and die by your praise um but any support you can give the podcast is greatly greatly appreciated um once again penn state trying to move to 9-0 this week you feeling good about it matt i am feeling great it feels like it's been years since penn state's played and <laughs> it really it, it feels like it's been so long. And then I was looking, it's been almost a month since they played in Beaver Stadium. Uh, so I'm excited <sighs> to get this one out of the way and then get back home to have a really fun one against Indiana. So like I said uh, last night or last week or whatever you want to call it, uh, it's a really fun end of the season. And I think it's going to be a great game. And Penn State football is finally back. Absolutely. Couldn't say it better myself. So I'll let you say that and we'll get out of here. Uh, once again, for myself, for Matt, thanks for listening. Go state. Go state.